And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. Very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF. This is the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. I'm Rebecca Black. So coming up in just a little bit, we've got loads of stories right now about haunted British flats. I don't know why, but in the past two weeks, we've gotten tons of emails about these British houses, and I'm legitimately jealous. You can't just move into a house that was built in the early 1800s in Dallas, Texas, you know? No, uh uh-uh. Most people will tear those down. Exactly. (laughs) Something brand new. We're also going to hear from Canson, who shared the uh, story about the trifling ass demon last week, and uh, he has more stories to go along with that. So that's all coming up. And don't forget to follow all our social medias, uh, hauntedaf.com. We've got lots of extra stories, videos. Also, you can find our online store there as well. Check out our merch, super cute stuff. And we're going to design a cool long sleeve Haunted AF t-shirt coming soon. But we've got those hoodies up there and they're super cute. Just FYI. Also, we were just posted in a top 45 best ghost story podcast, which I was hoping we'd be a little further down the list. We were at number 30, I think. That's not on the good end of the list. So like number one is number one. I'll take whatever we can get. This is from Feedspot. So we were excited to be included, period. But yeah, when I started going through all of them, I'm like, dang, what number are we? And there was actually a (laughs) podcast called Personalized Erotic Ghost Stories that was obviously ahead of us. And I'm like, well, damn, I need to listen to that. (laughs) I need to figure out what is that? Like, are they making up ghost stories and personalizing them for you? What does that even mean? I don't know, but I definitely want to fall down that rabbit hole today. (laughs) Yeah, I think I will too. And they owe us a plug as well. Oh, we have to say hello and thank you to some brand new Patreon members, our patrons, Joseph Nelson, Janelle Sampson, Carl Holiday, and Dia Broughton. Dia actually has some awesome stories and photos that she shared with us this week. I'm so excited about Dia's story. But let's go ahead. We're going to get started with Chrissy today. Hi, my name is Chrissy and I wanted to tell you about my UFO story. When we were living in Avon Park, Florida, me, my brother-in-law, and my young daughter were driving down a dark road that has an executive airport on it. When we get about halfway down the road, the road starts getting really foggy and the temperature outside just drops. And it's the middle of summer in Florida, so that was very odd to us. And then all of a sudden we see this floating green orb hovering in the sky. It was basically following us down the street. We started getting panicked and then all of a sudden the car radio and the lights, they start flickering on and off. The radio goes to static and the green orb is literally almost in front of my car. And then as soon as it gets in front of our car, it just shoots back up into the sky and disappears. We end up racing home, locking the doors, and we didn't leave for the rest of the night because of it. So I hope you like our story. We love your show and your podcasts, and our kids listen to it with us, and they're absolutely amazed by the stories. So have a good one. That's like straight up Close Encounters of the Third Kind, isn't it? Yes, to like follow her around and then start 
turning off lights. It's weird that I'm kind of jealous. There's a part of me that would love to have that kind of experience. But mm-hmm. then at the same time, I would just be waiting for them to like the tractor beam and the probing. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the probing would happen it at some point. It always comes back to the probing. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's some sort of subliminal reason for that. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but think I'm like okay of all the things to like come and observe on earth aliens right what do they want with our <laughs> <laughs> What do they want with it? I mean, come you know, on. See, I always thought it was the the rear entry that they were checking. Uh, it might be. That's even worse. What do you want with that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're using us as puppets. <laughs> Anything's really possible. Okay. Did you see the last time that Will Ferrell was on Saturday Night Live where he was like a ventriloquist, but the whole time his doll is going like, please make him stop. He's got oh, his yes. <laughs> It's like one of the funniest things I've seen on SNL in so long. Okay, sorry, we're getting totally derailed. Uh, all right, so you have a ghost story, an anonymous story. Uh, yes, that's right. So this person says, I was in a foster home around 11 years old, and one night I got super sick, literally thought I was going to die, but oh. my foster parents left for the night anyway. Oh, thanks, I Mom. woke up. I know, right? Rude. <laughs> I woke up to a woman with long, black, slightly graying hair sitting on my bed. I didn't feel scared. In fact, I actually felt super safe. She reached out and brushed my hair away from my face. With her other hand, she held out a bowl and offered me a drink. I don't know why, but I drank it. It was like a mix of tea and chicken soup. That's the best way I can describe it. It was warm and almost instantly I didn't feel as sick. She then started humming. Now, I would have thought it was a fever dream, but I still had the bowl the next morning. Oh, my gosh. And my foster brother saw her, too. Now, today, I have a three-year-old who won't sleep in his room because a ghosty wakes him up in the night. He also tells me a baby is crying and will take me to the same spot every single time. Oh, that's... I know. Oh, the crying baby. That's too much. All right. So this story comes from Joe. Hey, gals. My name is Joe. I love the podcast. I just thought I would call in with a couple of my own stories. This one is actually from one of my friends. He is from Waycross, Georgia. If you don't know about Waycross, Georgia, it is actually more haunted than Savannah. But he had an aunt and uncle that bought a new house out there. First time that they moved in, they brought in their washer dryer, got it all set up, and she decided to put in a load of clothes. She walks away, and a couple minutes later, she hears this little ding out in the back room. Thought nothing of it, just kept unpacking or whatever. She goes to put the laundry from the washer into the dryer, and she notices there's a 1939 penny sitting on the lid of the washing machine. She thought that was kind of weird. Maybe it fell off of a shelf or something. So she puts it off to the side, puts the clothes in the dryer, grabs some more, puts them in the washer, walks away. A couple minutes later, she hears that same ding again. She goes back and she finds another 1939 penny. She looks up on the shelves. No pennies up there, nothing. It's all clear. Nothing on the shelves. She does another load of laundry. Here's another ding. Finds another 1939 penny. Every time that they do a load of laundry, they find a 1939 penny on the lid of their washing machine. They keep a jar next to their washing machine now full of 1939 pennies that they just keep getting every time they do a load of laundry. Keep up the great work. Love the podcast. And I will send you more stories. Thank you, Joe. I wonder if these 1939 pennies, are they worth anything other than a penny? Oh, that's a good question. Like, I know my dad used to collect pennies back in the day. And there are some that are worth money. Like a wheat penny. It has like a little crop of wheat on the back. And those are worth money. I love the ghosts that give gifts. It's so 
we? Why can't we give one of those around here? I, I don't know, but that's actually a recurring theme in this podcast. So this next story comes from Brad, who says, hello, Jules and Bex. And that, that's as far as I'm going with the accent. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but okay. I want to call you Jules now forever, and please call me Bex. B-E-X. Like, that's adorable. Oh, no. Yeah, I'll call you that. All right. So this story happened about 15 years ago when I just moved into a house with my then wife. Yes, I'm on second marriage. I count my first as a dress rehearsal. It wasn't particularly <laughs> old, just your standard 1950s three-bedroom house. I was in the bedroom putting together a big double sliding door wardrobe, which wasn't the easiest thing to assemble. I was listening to music through a speaker dock in the hallway when the music just stopped. I went to investigate and found that the speaker had been turned off at the wall. Now, nobody else was in the house at the time and nothing was interfering with the speaker, so I just flicked the music back on and carried on with my Bob the Builder impression. A little <laughs> while later, after my wife got home, I was getting more and more frustrated with this wardrobe assembly. I was bent over trying to get my screwing done when I felt someone tickling my back. I told my wife to stop messing around and she said, I didn't touch you. And I look up and I see that she's on the other end of the room. She would have had to jump over the wardrobe to get to me. So as we're having this discussion, the lamp in the other corner turned on all by itself. Now we've had a few other experiences in that house, such as the bathroom taps turning on and bangs on the kitchen table in the middle of the night, but nothing as exciting as that day that we first moved in. Oh, and he says, I would have sent via voicemail, but I have a stinking cold and I sound as rough as you like. <laughs> oh, and then he asks, can I have a shout out for my current wife's uh, shop, please? It's rockamilly.com, like rockabilly, but with an M. Yeah. And he says it's like a 1940s and 50s rock and roll clothes shop. And I went and checked it out. She actually has a, like a ton of Halloween stuff right now that's really cute. And that's totally going to go and check it out. That is from Brad Lovelock. So thank you, Brad. There are friends to the end. But sometimes they come back again. So don't be scared. Don't you freak. It's just the dead pet of the week. I know. I just got a new kitten, Jojo. She is the sweetest, teeny tiny. I was looking at her today and I'm like, your head is smaller than an avocado. Like she is so stinking tiny. Yeah, like a squirrel could kick her ass. That's how small she is. And she's just the (laughs) cutest thing in the world. So maybe I'm going to have to post pictures of Jojo on the Haunted AF page so people can see the new kitten. Do it. Yes, of course. Okay, so this comes from Mark. Hi, my name's Mark. I live in Washington State. Got a couple stories for you. First one is a pet story. So when I was about seven, eight years old, I had this cat and she would sleep on my bunk bed with me every night. The way my room was set up was one wall, I had my bunk bed and it was butted up against another wall uh, that had a windowsill and then on the wall opposite was a desk. So every night that cat would jump on the desk, then jump to the windowsill, walk across it, then get down by my head, walk across my bed, and lay down at my feet. One morning, it was pretty cold, and my cat had a bad habit of sleeping in the neighbor's car engine, and they started their car. And it hurt her pretty bad, and she crawled home to us, and um, it was pretty tragic. We had to take her to the vet, obviously, and we had to put her down. So that night, as I was laying in bed... I heard her jump up onto my desk, jump onto the windowsill, walk across, and then I felt her step down by my head, walk across the length of my bed, and lay down. At that age, it freaked me out, but looking back at it, it is pretty special. Another story I have for you it involves my son. He's about two and a half, three at the time. I was tucking him in, and my dog and I and him were in the room, and as I was pulling up his blankets, he asked me how many of 
us were in the room. And I go, there's three. There's you and me in London. And he goes, no, daddy. There's six of us in here. Uh, I'm not going to lie. That scared me. I looked around the room immediately and there was nothing there. So another night I was talking to him in and he asked me to look out the window. And so I pull up the blind and I look outside and it's dark. I didn't see anything. So I go back to his, his bed and I say, there's nothing out there. And he goes, no, daddy, not my window, your window. I did not look out my window. Uh, not going to lie. Didn't do it. Those are my stories. I love your podcast. Uh, keep it up. I'll uh, keep listening. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Mark. Those damn creepy kids. No kidding. Every time. Every single time they get me. Don't forget to share those. In fact, give them the email address again real quick. Hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. In fact, we're getting a lot of written stuff right now. So any audio that you can send, it would be great. Remember, try to condense it. Keep it down to one or two stories under five minutes, if at all possible. If you look and you've been talking for 20 minutes, and just t- turn it <laughs> off and start over again because that... <laughs> it's a little too long. Uh, so this next story comes from Dia. And we already know Dia because she sent the video of her daughter. So her daughter's just silly dancing and she starts filming her. And then they mm-hmm. notice these kind of brightly colored orbs flying around her. Yeah. are really cool. We've already had people shooting it down, of course, on Facebook because that's what people do. Right. Um, but it's a great video. And then she shared this story. Okay. So Dia says, hi, guys. So I wanted to share a lovely story with you about my house. It's a cute little two-story terrace cottage, which was built in 1856. I knew it was perfect for us aside from the basement, which was a bit glum and damp. I bought the house with the intention of making it into a lovely bedroom for me, leaving the kids to the upper floors. So a friend came over to see the house and I took them down to the basement, excitedly explaining how this was going to be my floor. On entering the room, I noticed a necklace had been draped over the corner of a long black mirror that was on the chimney. I laughed and said something like, oh, and look, this house loves me as much as I love it. It's even giving me jewelry. It's a bronze-looking stag's head on a chain. Really unusual, but I actually love it. I put it on and said, speaking to the room, hey, there's actually three lovely ladies living here, me and my two little ones, kind of making a joke that we would need more necklaces. The next day, a different friend came over and I jumped straight back into tour guide mode. Before we went down to the basement, I showed her the necklace I was wearing, explaining that the house gave it to me with a cheeky wink. We got down to the same room and I noticed something else was on the corner of the mirror. There were two more necklaces. I know! One was made up of pretty coral pieces and the other was a little silver teddy bear with movable arms and legs. Coincidentally, I called my youngest daughter Tilly Bear. I picked both of them up and again, speaking to the house, said, thank you, the girls are going to love these. You know, if you happen to have any piles of money lying around. Seriously. <laughs> I know. Please, give us money, ghost. Dia goes on to say, I hung the two necklaces up in the lounge where they remained to this day. I never told the girls that I didn't want them to be scared at the thought of a ghost. I've been here for over three years now and I never feel alone in the house. Dia says that her boyfriend moved in about a year ago and quickly felt like he was being watched, but not necessarily in a negative way. His things went missing for a while and it seemed like it might have been messing with his dog, but things have kind of settled down since then. And you said you have lots of pictures and stuff that we're going to post on hauntedaf.com. Yes, we've got pictures of her house, which is adorable. And then also she sent pictures of the necklaces that they found. Yay, and I love this 
story. I know. I love the jewelry fairy ghosts. Those are fantastic. Okay, so this next one comes from Chrissy, and she says, Hi, ladies. I have recently started binging your podcast, suggested by Ghosts in the Burbs, Liz Sauer. We love Liz so much. Yes. And she says, I love all of the stories and your chemistry. You keep me company while I do my housework and painting projects. I have a sweet story for you. My beloved dad passed away in March of 2019 after a long, painful battle with cancer. He was the magnet of our family and kept us all together. The weekend of the funeral was very hard on me. I was extremely close to my dad and found myself alone in most of the planning and pulling together the details for the funeral. Think sobbing at the table alone, putting together picture boards. Girl, I know, I'm so sorry. The evening of the funeral, I was sitting in my living room with my mom, aunts, and several cousins. I was exhausted and about to head to bed. For some reason, I looked over at the wall that separated my living and dining room, and I saw my dad peek out at me clear as day. He had on glasses, his white Marquette sweatshirt that he always wore because he went to Marquette, and his faded blue work jeans. He looked like he had before he got sick with his sweet Irish smile. Mm -hmm. I told the room, I just saw my dad, and with that, I'm going to bed. The only person that could have made that day better for me was him, and I know he came because he knew I needed him. He was my person. I miss him every day in every detail of our lives. I haven't seen him again, although I was clear before he passed that he needed to come back and haunt me. (laughs) Thank Thank you for the great (laughs) stories and for letting me share mine. Chrissy Larson from Antioch, Illinois. I know. That got me really teary-eyed. Like, I usually don't get affected by that. But for whatever reason, her story really, like, struck me. I know. And we've been getting those lately of just seeing that person, you know. If only we could all have that opportunity to see the person we've lost or to be there, to show ourselves to the people who've lost us. Well, and the fact that he looked like he was in a better place, that he didn't look like he had cancer anymore. And I think that's what he was telling her. was like, yeah, I'm good now. I feel great. So last week we got an email from Canson who shared with us this demon audio from Okinawa and we were like we have to get Canson on the phone because we have so many questions about this in fact let me just play the audio again real quick That like gives me the chills still just hearing that audio. And the man who sent it to us is on the phone with us now. Canson, tell us what the hell is going on with this thing. So she was one of the Marines that was in my shop with me. And she came in and just talking at first. Oh, my room's haunted. My room's haunted. You know, at first I was like, "Uh, probably not, you know. But (laughs) being that Okinawa, like the huge battle happened there in World War II, I started thinking about it a little more. And I was like, man, I hope we don't have some like creepy grudge ghosts in our barracks right now. Because, you know. (laughs) Your boy don't play that. Yeah. Um, but like the weirdest things would just happen in that room like I would go in there and like chill out with them and watch movies sometimes and like you just feel someone standing behind you Ooh. and one day we were having like a scheduled power outage and they do that around the island I don't know why but it was on a Saturday of all days so they were out with their boyfriends but I didn't know that at the time so you know I hear squeaking going on in the other room and I was like man that's like that's some gutsy stuff doing that in the middle of the day Yeah, everyone around to listen I could just hear it on the wall but then it was like over an hour and I was like, man, this guy, like, I need to get tips from him or something. <laughs> um, so I, like, like, I called her a little bit later in the day and I was like, you guys been in it for a while there or whatever. She's like, she's like, no, we've been gone all day. And I was like, I'm telling you, there was somebody in his room getting freaky and I heard it on the wall and I was about to pound on it and tell you guys to shut up. But, oh you know, God. I'm Wait. a bro, so I'm not going to do that. Yep. Wait, was it just like pounding sounds or were there voices or? No. <laughs> Yeah. It was like 
the bed squeaking and like low moan, deeper like grunts and stuff from like a dude. Oh my gosh. And I was like, man, there's some like demon baby making going on in the other room now. Like, <laughs> this ain't it, you know? I never went in that room by myself. But, uh, I try to stay out of that room as much as I could because like I'm a brother. We don't do so good statistically. So, you know, I'm not playing that. Um, it got to the point, though, to where they were just getting really freaked out and not wanting to sleep in the room. And then we actually had, like, our chaplain come in and bless the room. Wow. Um, they thought they were, like, maybe going to have to do an exorcism on the room itself. But, you know, the Marine Corps is cheap, so they didn't want to pay for no diocese or whatever they call them to come out and actually do it. Right. That island, though, it's just haunted. I mean, like, a lot of crap just happens in those barracks all the time. Right. I mean, so did you keep in touch with your roommates, the people who were having the issue in the room? A little bit. I have a feeling, though, like, that that particular demon ghost or whatever had something to do with our shop. Because I was combat camera, so, like, I did photo and video for the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. But we had a very simple, you know how, like, that voice sounds like it's a girl? Mm-hmm. Like, it's probably, like, a younger girl. We had a little girl ghost or something going around our shop at the time. So I'm wondering if it was kind of, like, jumping between our shop and the barracks. Because right. everyone in our shop that was there late experienced something with it. Tell us more about this little ghost that you would see in the shop. For our shop, we had what's called a shop duty. So you were to come there early in the morning and open it and close it at the end of the day when everybody leaves. But mm-hmm. on the weekends, you had to come check. We had a vault in there that's like a bunch of archives in it. Mm-hmm. You had to come check the vault and make sure it was secure twice on the weekend. So later in the evening, sometimes I'd sit there and wait for the other Marines to leave. And you'd hear like a little girl running around or you hear giggling or you hear voices. And in the reproduction room, like where all the print stuff was done, mm-hmm. we had this really heavy roll of paper. I mean, you'd have to like put some effort to push it down, knock it over. And my buddy was like, Jansen, come here. And I was like, what, what? And he's like, that paper just fell on its own. I was like, okay, things fall all the time. And he's like, no, pick that paper up. I picked up the roll and it was pretty heavy. He's like, something had to deliberately push it off. And then he was there on shop duty one night with our master sergeant. He's like our boss, basically. Mm-hmm. And just hearing things crash everywhere, hearing giggles and noises and voices. And like our boss even came in and told him, like, can you come sit in the lounge with me? Because it's getting creepy in here. And he's like, I don't think I'm going to be staying here till two in the morning anymore. Yeah. Um, and then I came in one night with him. And I was like, man, I feel like something's here. So he actually takes out his cell phone and I'm going to email him for this footage. I'm going to see if I can get it. He was trying to make fun of Ghost Adventures. We used to watch that. And, you know, <laughs> Zach Baggins, that guy's a character, let me tell you. But he was actually filming, and he's like, uh, if there's anyone here, you know, punch Canson or something. And I was like, you know, he's like, do you want us to leave or something? And he actually had on footage a floating ball of light, not even joking, literally come from the front hallway and turn around to that corner to where the door was, it, like walk right to the door, like to usher us out. Wow. And then, the, then the door shut. And then, you know, par for the course, I got my ass out of there. We need that video. Please contact yeah. your friend. Yeah. And get that like video. I want to inspect every element of it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's on his Facebook. I'll look for it. And then if I find it, I'll send it to you guys. Canson, thank you so much for reaching out and for sending us that story. And please keep us posted if you get your hands on that video. Okay. Oh, will do. By the way, you remember our Afghanistan story, Cody? Um, uh, yeah. How could I forget that one? Right. Well, he wrote in and he said that he also had an Okinawa ghost story. Ooh. Yeah. So he's going to record that and send that to us. So it really is spooky. Nawa. That it's going to be like the fourth <laughs> ghost story that we've gotten out of Okinawa. 
Okinawa. Okay, so here's the story we mentioned last week, and this person wants to stay anonymous. They say, ever since I can remember, I've always had a thing for fire. When I was really young, I never really had toys, but I would find old lighters and play with them. He says, this story actually happened when I was older. He says, I was 16, and one night I was dreaming that I was in a house fire. I figured it was just a nightmare, but when I woke up, I felt a burning sensation on the tip of my tongue. Now, I thought that maybe I'd bitten my tongue, but when I examined it in the morning, I saw that the tip of my tongue was black and the taste buds were all standing up almost like someone had held a lighter to it now i thought i was crazy so i didn't tell anybody but i went online and did some research and it turned out there really is this rare thing that some people have where they have a burning sensation in their mouth when they're sleeping i felt relieved that i had maybe found an answer but my doctor said no there's no way your symptoms don't match and that's extremely sure. rare so he says now i'm 20 and it still happens about once every two months at first i was scared but now i'm cool with it i don't know if i picked it up somewhere or if it's something from my house. The only things that I have in my room that might be haunted are a Ouija board and a rock that I took from a memorial for a missing plane in the Everglades. And he says, oh, by the way, I got a job with the local fire department of all places. Thanks, guys. <laughs> right. And I'm wondering, does anybody else have anything like this? A weird body phenomenon that happens on a regular basis. But it was the rock that really stood out yeah. to me. If you have anything similar to this, please, we need to hear about it. Podcast at gmail.com. So this story comes from Kenneth. Kenneth says, hello, my name is Kenneth and I love the podcast. I wanted to share my story with you from when I worked at a haunted attraction located in an old prison for the criminally insane. Ooh, I want to go there. (laughs) Here we go. This is already off to a great start. Yeah. Kenneth said, I started working there in the fall of 1998. And for the first two seasons, I was an actor and didn't have any experiences out of the ordinary. In the fall of 1999, I became a member of the staff and started walking around the building during open hours, checking on the actors, making sure automated prompts were working, you know, all that kind of stuff. One of my responsibilities at the end of every night was to clear the building with the other staff members. We walked the entire building, checking for customers and to let the actors out to go home. As we did this, two other members of the staff walked the route backwards to ensure that we got everyone out. Then we meet up at the concession stand and eat whatever food didn't sell that night. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> right? Moldy hot dogs yeah. and like stale popcorn. <laughs> yeah. And the congealed nacho cheese. Gross. <laughs> that lay- it's the goo layer on top. <laughs> so Kenneth goes on to say, one night we were walking the route and heard doors slamming inside the building. We figured we just missed somebody. So we all went back and searched the entire building, including the locked off areas of the prison that we did not use. No one was found. But as soon as we walked back outside, the door slamming began again. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go back in there, man. Okay. So this one comes from Heather. She says, here's my story. It's not the most exciting, but it sure freaked me out. About 13 years ago, I moved to Texas with my husband and 10 week old daughter. When we got here, the apartment that we were moving into was a total nightmare. So we had to quickly run around and find another one. Well, as luck would have it, we found a very nice nice two-bedroom apartment with vaulted ceilings, washer and dryer, even a fireplace. They told us the apartment was vacant and that we could move in that day due to our circumstances. That should have been our first clue. Well, we moved in immediately and nothing happened for a while. Then the weird things kicked in. Like I would be watching TV in our bedroom and it would randomly turn off or on. Occasionally I would have to unplug it or it would just keep turning on and the volume would increase all night. Then things started to progress. One night while going to the bathroom, the shower curtain moved. 
not fluttered from air blowing on it. Nope, it moved a good inch or two. The <laughs> rings even made that dreaded noise on the bar as it slid over. <laughs> no, I can hear it. I can hear it in I my know, head. I she says, all I could do was sit there frozen on the toilet staring at the curtain. <laughs> hey, you know, if you're going to get this scared out of you, the toilet's a great place to be. <laughs> no, and forgive me because I have a full-blown mental image of you sitting on the toilet right now. I'm sorry. So I texted my husband. Here's the thing. Her husband works at night. Her husband's never there with her when she's experiencing this. So I texted my husband and told him what happened. And he told me I was imagining things. Okay, Mm -hmm. right. So a few nights later, around 2 a.m., I went to the kitchen to wash my hands. And I get splashed in the face with water out of nowhere. At this point, I'm 100% positive that we have a damn ghost. My husband, however, still in denial. So time goes on. TV kept doing its thing. Apparently, this got boring for the ghost as he started to yell, Hey! from the foot of our bed in the middle of the night. Scared the shit out of me. But my husband said that it was probably just a dream or our neighbors. Yeah, it's the neighbor just outside the window. Hey. Yeah. She <laughs> would try to go back asleep. And then she says, then I felt something caressing the side of my face. No. Nothing was there. That's when I started with my husband to please move. But he didn't believe me and he loved the apartment. So we have been living there for 10 months. And my husband was off work and home one night. So we're dead asleep in the middle of the night and we both wake up to, hey! (laughs) He sat up straight in bed and said, did you hear that? And I said, yeah, that's the guy I've been telling you about. And he says, no, it was at the foot of our bed. It's in our apartment. And I said, yeah, but you don't believe in ghosts, right? Oh, and by the way, the apartment next door is vacant. I called the office to find out. We turned in our notice the next week and moved out at the end of the month. Happy to report that I don't get yelled at in the middle of the night anymore and the TV has stopped turning on and off. Love the podcast and thanks for letting me share my experience that is from Heather and okay we need to talk about this because you don't have to tell someone if a person has died in the house Mm -hmm. you know if you're selling your house what happens in apartment complexes though because I shouldn't even bring this up but I'm going to Rebecca and I both had a friend someone that we worked with who was murdered in her apartment with her kids and it was a horrific situation yeah she's a local media person people don't even talk about it in Dallas because it was it was tragic and horrible but I it was remember, such a sad situation. So, so sad. And I remember watching the news reports and they showed her place. So she either lived uh-huh. in, a, it was a condo or an apartment, but it was in a complex. And I was thinking, right. what happens to that place afterwards? Um, so if you listen to the podcast and you've either worked at an apartment complex or have any experience with this, we need to know what happens when something tragic has happened in an apartment. Do they bless it? Do they sage or do they just paint it up and like move some people in sadly i think it might be the last one that you said just paint over everything and pretend like it never happened and then move heather and her family in exactly <laughs> let us know haunted af podcast at gmail.com send all of your stories please we're loving the audio we're loving the videos we love like getting to know you through these things so yes. please share your stories and let's be honest the old email pool getting a little low so you need to email us your stuff haunted af podcast at gmail.com Absolutely. Now, coming up on the next podcast, we're going to tell you about some of the great Halloween options that are being offered in cities because, you know, now they're talking about canceling trick-or-treating this I year. Know. And we also have a ghost story from Eric Estrada. Shut your face. <laughs> he was my crush growing up. I mean, come on. Shit. I don't know if it's the Eric Estrada, but oh. I'm just going to go with it. We'll just pretend like it's Ponch. And that's all coming up all on right. the next Haunted AF. 
All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your platform is that you love listening to. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Got to say thanks to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we got to thank you, the listeners. Thanks for listening. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. Oh, I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca. Aww.